This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of I Want to Matter. Your life is too short and too precious to waste. Written and narrated by New York Times bestseller Kathy Lee Gifford. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Hey, I'm Chris, and Adam and I recorded this first season of the Device and Virtue podcast exclusively for our friends. Now that's you too, so enjoy our first attempt at arguing about tech and faith. Oh, and find our newest episodes at deviceandvirtue.com. Facial recognition is everywhere. It's how you unlock your iPhone, and some cops are even using it. So what if your church did? This is Device and Virtue. Okay, we're on. Hello. It is the Device and Virtue podcast. Christian thinking about technology in the church. This is episode two. Boom. Boom. I am Chris. I am with Adam. We're coming to you from Chicago. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing well. It is so good right now. It is good. You, you know what I'm feeling right now? I am feeling that amazing carnitas taco I had from down the street just a little bit. Those were some good tacos. Some good tacos. I had had one of those chicken tacos, and I feel like the chicken was where it was at. I'm saying this Mexican place not only had the tacos, but also had the huge portraits of the Mayan warriors. Right? He was ripped. (laughs) The ripped Mayan warrior carrying the Mayan princess? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say so. I'm feeling that he was so supportive. So that's that's the mascot I feel for the technology. I don't. There's no reason why that is, but that is for today, uh, <laughs> for the podcast. Uh, so Adam, what did you bring with you for today? Okay, so a couple weeks ago, I was on a church tech blog and I ran across this thing. I it was just kind of blew my mind. It's called Churchix. That's Church IX. Good name. Churchix.com. It kind of gets stuck in your throat. <laughs> but they 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 describe themselves this way. Um, so they're a they're an attendance tracking software company. Attendance tracking. Attendance tracking. Okay. So, you know, churches are typically, you know, counting kind of their attendance and keeping track of how many people are um, at church each Sunday and maybe at other events as well. Well, Churchix says that they can help you do that faster, better, stronger, more efficient, maybe save some money. I don't really know. They make those little clicker things? I, I don't think so. They don't make the clicker things. Uh, here, here's, here's what they do. They do attendance tracking by facial recognition. And that to me is... Like, it, like honestly, cameras? Like cameras. Like video cameras... Uh, you know, still photograph cameras. Like you install security cameras in your church, and then they know I who's don't know. there. I guess I don't know. I amazing. You, you it's, it's. I'm a, buying it. You're buying it. You're buying it for your church right now because you want to be able to. Yeah, Amazon now. I'm sure it's right there. You can just get it on Amazon <laughs> now. So they, yeah. So they do facial recognition. Honestly, it reminds me of. Minority Report. That's that's where my mind goes. I don't know if you've seen Minority Report, sure. but you know everybody's like walking through the halls, and there's like 
facial recognition software scanning their faces and then giving mm. them ads, you know, catered to them by name and so forth. Well, okay, so that's like over the top and kind of creepy and and I'm not saying that Churchix is trying to do that at all. So so but but it knows if you're at church essentially what is it and it counts people because because yeah. yeah. you walked in the doors. Right. So they're they're counting who's attending um and not just how many, you know, cuz today we t- we talk about how many people are attending church each each week. Um, it's very n- normal that like when you ask somebody, oh, you know, what church do you go to? Oh, I go to so-and-so. Oh, how, how big is that church? That's like the second question anyone asks. <laughs> it how really big is. is that church, right. Um, and I think, I think that's true for people that just attend the church. I think that's true when pastors are talking shop. You know, it's just like the context you need sure. to think about Okay, what kind of church you go to? Sure. Well, this takes it one step further and says, "Hey, we're going to tell you not only how many, but who." Yeah, right. And so, and so what it requires though is a couple of things. So, you can go on their website churchix.com. So, they have a lot of software features here. Yeah, so they've got a bunch of software features I'm saying they like, talk about. You can ident- they have live identify your members from live video USB cameras. Right. Uh, enroll members in your database. Right. With group of photos. That sounds actually sort of helpful. Uh, receive ID reports for a specific event, group of events. Hmm. Yeah. Receive demographic data of the people attending your event. Yeah, apparently they can age. like identify how old these people Interesting. are. Interesting. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can get all sorts of data about the people attending your church. So um, to kind of know who's coming to your church, you... You use two things. Uh, one is reference photos, and that's basically like the old church directory going high tech. You know, so you download or you upload in this case images of people, um, and but but it's like you know facial images, and then they can take. Oh, so it knows who it is. Well, so yeah, so so the church is that's Adam. Yeah, they got Adam. The church has your photo, and now every time you walk in, like they have your reference. They they know that it's exactly you. Okay, so it's your profile photo. Got it. So they they match the the database photo that they're given with the photo that they are uh, are scanning the audience with from these video images or still photos or whatever. So so the those are the reference photos though. Then there's what's called the probe photos. Which is just like it's really called a, the probe photo. They're called probe photos. Look, look, I can't make this stuff up. Mm. It's online, and uh, that's what they call it. But probe photos is just kind of this scary term to me. It has connotations that I'll let other people come up with. Um, but those are the photos gleaned from the video or the still shots sure. inside the church. Right. Either like, I guess like in the in the foyer or atrium. Or in the sanctuary, and I'm just imagining, like you know, these these cameras around the church. Sure. And you know, we're used to having cameras in the church now, and they're for they're security. Vid- they're video. Well, okay, security cameras. They're videotaping the the pastor. Oh, yeah, you sure. know, typically. Or- um, but now those video cameras are apparently being turned around and facing the audience facing the congregation right yeah, yeah. and they're they're scanning yeah. this audience and and that information is then getting uploaded and the church will then know okay how many but also who specifically 
And again, I go back to Minority Report. Like this kind of creeps me out a little bit. I yeah, I can th- feel this it. feels like the bleeding edge of church technology. It really does. Yeah. Um, and so the first question I was wondering as I was looking at this was: Is this is this technology being used outside the church? And well, we probably don't think the church. <laughs> Was the bleeding edge church technology for almost never means bleeding edge technology. So yes, it has to be. Right? It has to be. Yeah. So I looked it up, and and that's what's interesting, or one of the things that's interesting. So I looked it up, and uh, so at the very end of the website, it says if you're looking for this technology for other uses, go to this other website. So mm. I, I I went to this other website. So this. It appears to be that Churchix is hosted by this other website yeah, or vice versa. Business, some business thing? Yeah. So I went to this other other website, and here's some of the places that they recommend using this face recognition software. Okay. Airport or border control. Sure. Law enforcement. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are the people they're advertising to. Casinos. Yes. Um, in commercial places like malls. For home security, which, like, if you, I don't know, if you have people, you know, that guy that just keeps breaking your house <laughs> over and over. Yeah, right. Like, oh, it's him again. Yeah. Like, do you need like facial recognition for your kids or for like your kids' mm, friends? Mm. I don't know. Jimmy's over again. <laughs> well, that's my it. kid's name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, banks. Yeah. So a lot of security, kind of you know, airport checkpoint. Yeah. A lot of, of security. So it stuff. sounds a lot like the church, is what you're saying. Right. Because <laughs> because the church is this is this border space between the kingdom of God and yes, yes. the world, I'm right? Sure there's a quote about the gateway to hell, something very like sure. Post, right, so, right, okay. right, right, right. <laughs> <clears throat> hmm. So that's that I find that interesting. I mean, what what do you make of that? Like this idea that the they're trying to give the church this software that's being used in a lot of like high security settings outside the church like does that make sense to you yeah so the business strategy part of it makes sense because sure. i'm sort of businessy and i sure. know what it's like to sit around in a meeting and go Looking where else can markets. we use this yeah. new market like think out of the box oh churches like to count people maybe we'll use it for that yeah so it sounds like that's what happened yeah right <clears throat> but yeah there's a there's an interesting probably unintended odd relationship between this being a security so and i think i have you know i've read about surveillance software like this being used in other places one right another place right. um uh i know in london the london police have a lot of public cameras that are using you know and i assume okay. a lot of cities in the u.s I actually haven't looked that up recently but i was reading a case study last year of london street cameras doing facial recognition huh. for security um and it, one of them came into play when uh the subway bombings okay so so we know it's being used in that so it's yeah uh, the same technology that's being used for terrorists being used in the church is an mm-hmm. interesting analogy well and and i'm certainly not implying that there's an there's an analogy to be made there even it, it, it just it's not no it makes it, no sense it, but it just but, it, it does but, feel like the security is a place of fear the, mm-hmm. And this is technology used as a place of fear or security, yeah. and that the yeah. church as a place of peace. Right. It does seem like a very different context. Yeah, it is a very different context. But I think that 
points to the fact that like churches or, or technology in general um, can be used in multiple contexts, right? It can be used for multiple different sorts of purposes. Good, because I was going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, it, yeah. And so, like, there is a there is a a contextual usage sort of aspect to this. Um, we're just saying that technology is neutral. It's just how you use it, right? I'm not saying that. Do you want to be saying that? <laughs> and I don't. I know that both you and I don't think that's true. Absolutely not. That we don't think technologies are neutral. Yeah, but we do because, think how we use it, but contexts also matter. Absolutely. But once you introduce, it's not neutral because once you introduce that camera into the church, once you're tracking individual attendance, that changes how the church how the pastors and the leadership interacts with their congregation. And that's not a neutral change. Sure, it modifies the relationship. A yeah. lot of technology reverses back yeah. and modifies a relationship. Yeah. We're not saying that it's a good technology. We're not saying that it's a bad technology. We're just saying that it's not a neutral change. Well, so would people know that they're being counted? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I don't know the answer. And, and it seems like it has a really... It's a big part of this, like the the relationship. The, what's the yeah. relationship of the people involved? Yeah, yeah. In some sense, there's this notion of um, the congregation being transparent to the church leadership or whoever's tracking it. Mm. They're transparent one way, but is the church choosing to be transparent to the congregation and saying, "Hey, we're tracking you. Um, we're tracking your attendance. We're." tracking how often you're at church, you know, is that being communicated? I know even at my church, you know, if our church often does have a photographer in various worship services at various times throughout the year. And yeah, to like record the event. Yeah. And yeah. and in in our program or whatever, it it will say, hey, you know, sometimes we use photography, sometimes it'll be photographed. I I've I've shown up in photos that surprised me in like emails and stuff. And this it is it's still kind of I'm not gonna lie, I saw my own picture on a brochure yeah the other day. Yeah. For an organization that I did not I would know I was on the brochure. Yeah, it's a little disorienting, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and and it didn't bother me, honestly. I, I like the organization. It just but I was surprised. Yeah. 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 I shouldn't be surprised anymore. I you know, I think I've you've probably heard me say this a lot, but I say like for instance, like posting photos to Facebook even that <clears throat> we used to talk a lot about controlling that, like, oh, yeah. you put your own profile, you're in control of things. And I've often said from the get-go, you're not in control. Mm -hmm. And actually, increasingly, what's online uh, of you is not from you. Right, uh, right. Because everyone else is having pictures. Right. And so I'm going to go on record and say I've been saying that for five years and finally we're catching up. But right, <laughs> yeah, the photo, photo of you could appear anywhere. Yeah. When it comes to the church, I mean that that's that's the um, threshold we hold the internet to, or Facebook to, or whatever. But should we hold the church to a, a higher standard? You know, do we should we expect something more transparent from them? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I think I think there is sort of a level of trust that people place in the church that they attend and they expect that they're going to know what's happening and they're not going to be caught off guard. They're not going to be, I don't know. 
Yeah, that trust thing. That's like that's exactly it. So I this made when I when you sent me this um, article to look at, and it made it immediately made me think of Helen Nissenbaum. Who? <laughs> She's a professor at NYU, and she writes about privacy. Okay. And this is privacy stuff, right? Like yeah. This is we're sort of thinking like, and privacy is this interesting issue. It's like what um, makes us feel like our privacy is violated. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if someone's watching you, you don't know it. Like it feels like our privacy is violated. Yeah, because right? it's creepy. Um, but 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 the, her whole point is we live in this really in an in information world, and there's tons of stuff about us all right. over the place. So that right. Facebook photo thing, I was just saying, like, you know, photos get taken of you, you don't even know. You know, you go to the Seven Eleven, there is security cameras. There. Right. So, um, and you're never going to be able to control all the information out there about you. Like you can go try to like all delete it and delete everything that comes up on Facebook that you're tagged in. And it's right. just going to be a losing proposition. Like yeah. delete, 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 and more things are going to be about you. So she says, how, we need a new way to think about privacy. She okay. calls it contextual integrity. She's a professor, right? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but her whole point is that privacy, how we feel about our private information should be related to who we are with. The okay. context we're in, like the social context. Okay. So, um, so it matters that if I'm with a group of friends and they all sort of know where I'm at, you know, like right. uh, that feels good. Right. If I'm with a group of strangers and they all sort of don't know where I'm at, it could feel weird. Right. Right. Okay. And so this is her idea, like who's the context, and so like a government watching me could feel like it's it's a in a public space might be i might feel like that's appropriate because that's my relation to the government say like i assume the government's role is to help protect this park okay so i assume if they have a camera in the park to help protect it okay i'm not i'm not offended that i'm being there's a picture yeah. yeah because i assume that's part of the relationship but if that but uh once but it that's comes the into only your home relation, the relationship for the government is a security relationship yeah <clears throat> But if I go uh, to a place where I assume that, uh, you know, like like the church is a fascinating part of this. Yeah. So like, what do I assume the church, what's the context of that? What's my relationship right, to it? Right. And and I think it it runs the gamut, though, people's relationships with the church, right? I mean, yeah. you have people that are visitors, and you have people that mm. are long, long-time members, mm. and you have people who have maybe been burned by the church for various reasons. Like, they're, you know, there's people all along that spectrum and, sure. and their relationships to the church are different. Yeah, that makes sense. Because if I feel, honestly, I'm thinking, I mean, I, uh, if I'm a core member of this church and I feel like tight in this community and I trust the people there. Absolutely. Uh, I could see me sort of being okay maybe with this software. Sort you kind of like, assume the best. This really helps like us like do things well. But if I'm like, yeah, if I'm a, uh, a stranger walking to that church, suddenly the relationship between me and that community is mm-hmm. very different. Yeah. And so, yeah, I could see my privacy would feel really violated. Yeah, yeah and I, I wonder whether those uh, those probe photos <laughs> become <laughs> reference photos. You know, do do they do they scan the audience and take those images and actually put them into their database? And make them part of the reference database. Yeah, and that feels like that would be a violation of the context for sure. The expectation, right? Of like, yeah, right. Yeah. But if I give you my photo exactly. and say, "Yeah, you can keep track of when I show up or when I don't," right? I don't know. Still feels, still feels weird to me. And and I I wonder if people would be really open, even you know, long term members to like. I think I would have questions, but that's, you know me being cynical and a little well we we got that part jaded right (laughs) all right i want to take it in a different direction a little bit Um, okay 
I think one of the things that Churchix sort of assumes is that attendance is an indicator of something. And I ah, think attendance, yes. Attendance, right? Yeah. So like people at church, the number of people, this kind of goes back to that how many people are at your church kind of question. I think Churchix is assuming this because so many so many of us do in the Christian absolutely. community. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I mean, this is something churches are already doing. They're they're tr- they're tracking numbers. We they're not tracking individuals. Yes. And so um I guess, you know, is Churchix just the next step in sort of personalizing large churches? Is it is it the next step just from, you know, what we've what we've gotten used to in terms of counting how many people go to our church and making that a metric that matters. Um, I guess, you know, what's the, what's the goal kind of taking, you know, a couple steps backwards. What's our goal with tracking church attendance? Right. <laughs> and because this, this gets into so many strong thoughts about what the church should be and how it works. Right. Uh, I mean, and, and how, how the church kind of exists in a society where you can go to any church within 30 miles, 30 minutes of where you live. Like people go to the church they want to go to, you know? Yeah. It, it, it unravels in so many different directions. Well, and, right? the, and it goes in this direction. So let's say this. So, uh, I am in a ch- I, I'm in a church in Chicago area about about a hundred people, right? And I'm in a church of about a thousand, right? And, and so and uh, and so that there's really different contexts there. And I actually have some thoughts, you know, about and I, and I and I love your church actually, um, but I worry about large churches being a place where that are larger than Dunbar's number, the mm-hmm. uh, 150 number. Yeah, you know, the right. sociologist said you can only sort of recognize this number of people. Yeah, you can only really know about 150 people in a social group. And sort right. of, I have off. You know, I've sort of become convinced the churches. I think the church works best when you know who the stranger and who is. Right. Just by intuitively. Yeah. Like the person Just that's by visiting. facial recognition. Yeah. By facial recognition, exactly. But not software? <laughs> like, and so as a person, I can walk over to the person and, and greet because I think part of the gospel is hospitality. I can welcome right. that person in. Right. Where if there's a church meeting numbers, that there's more people than I could ever possibly right. know and that my brain is scattered i see strangers potentially anywhere that people just slip through my fingers absolutely i mean one of the challenges that our church faces is that when we uh are you know passing the peace or saying hello it it can be easy to say hey have you been here is this is this your first time and they'll be like no i've been here for 15 years yes. and like that's what happens in a in a church this size sure. like i do see new people on a regular basis but they may not be new at all. So in 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 for us passing the peace uh is is almost all hugs. Mm-hmm. Right, cuz you know almost them. All I mean hugs. It, it's that level of trust. So many hugs. Yeah, I I hug maybe 3 people. Yeah, and you know exactly who you have I'm seen a good not, I'm a good I'm a good a, hugger too. Really, really you're a good. I'm hugger. a good it's, hugger. It's good to know. And see, and this is the, this is really the core of the whole issue cuz the software just can't hug. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I mean, you who wants to get hugged by a camera? Not me. So I think the point you're trying to make about what is the attendance matter is does this play into um, another way of thinking less relationally 
about church, even though it actually purports to be more relational. Right. Yeah. I mean, Churchix is promising that church administrators and pastors and church leaders will be able to know their congregation better. Well, and there's something to that. I mean, if you have like ever flipped through a church directory, you know, we do do this that has little photos in sure. it. It yeah. really does help, yeah. right? Because I mean, we're looking at what's more personal than our face, you know, and like it really does help. Right. Like sometimes it's right. helpful. Um, even in my church at 100, I still forget a name yeah. here and there. And and it's, so that's a very but personal Churchix thing. But Churchix doesn't. <laughs> we'll right. never forget your name. But in, in, you know, we've often talked about this when we analyze technology. We don't analyze or think about technology in isolation. We think about technology, how it affects the hu- the human behavior along with the use of the technology, okay, right? And so like how it is, how does that affect, if I have access to all these photos of all these, you know, how does it affect how I behave? Maybe, uh, I mean, I'm thought experimenting, but say someone has church checks, I don't know if maybe that's a browsable directory that gets added to automatically and keeps updated. Say. Uh-huh. And as a member, I can log in and sort of scroll through those photos like a mini a private Facebook. That actually feels a little helpful to me because it probably yeah. makes it more likely that the next time uh, I'm uh, at a gathering, uh, I can be more personal or say hello or remember somebody. Yeah. Um, because I'm remembering their face. So that in that sense, the software is extending my own sense of facial facial recognition, See, personal recognition. Th- that's an interesting innovation there, that you make the information available not just to church leaders and pastors or church administrators, but to the whole church at large. Gosh, yeah, that seems like I mean really important maybe. I think I think it's important. It also makes it more um acceptable. It integrates it for the church in a better way. Yeah. Right, socially. Man, so this was a good one, man. I'm glad you brought it up, the facial recognition software at church. Yeah, it kind of went in the direction I wasn't quite expecting either. Yeah, so uh I'm glad we got to talk about it. Yeah. Uh what we should wrap up, and I'm realizing it's time uh, for vice or virtue. I love it. You ready for Bring it? it? Ready right, for it? Well, this week's what is it? Here it is. Vice or virtue? Interior lighting. Oh, interesting. Uh, oh man, I have to say, I have to say vice because, <laughs> like, I had to buy. Of course. of course, right? I had to buy lampshades recently and i tell you no not just lampshades but lamps right like the combination is just it's hard to like find a good lamp <laughs> lampshade combination i'm telling you what it's, it was not easy i had i had the to, interior decorating side of this is the is the, oh, man. Is the vice part it, it was the vice part i did i had to take my mom to, <laughs> to go shopping <laughs> at world market well, now, now it's I, a vice for me too yeah i i mean we found some good good stuff but i'm still not totally sold on one of the lampshades Okay. And and I have to say one more thing. Lights that keep me up at night. I mean, if it weren't for lights, I would be more in rhythm with creation. I mean, I think that's a good thing. Mm, mm. And so vice for me. What about you? Uh interior lighting, virtue. Of course. One, I can stay up, but two, <laughs> the new iPad Pro has lighting sensors on the outside that adjust the color of the light to go with the circadian rhythms uh, of day or night. Yes. Uh, uh, And also the room you're in and adjusts the white balance. So it looks more natural. Oh my gosh. What will they think of? I'm just saying uh, you just have dumb lights. 
I, I do have dumb stupid lights. lights. Yeah. <laughs> if you had good lights, it would be a virtue. Yeah. And it would be tracking. There's got to be some way that they're tracking that information. Yeah, they are probably tracking the mouse. Uh, and you don't, uh, that even, means you we don't should, even know it. Your privacy should, is just out the window. Uh, uh, contextual privacy. So we should wrap up. This has been the Device in Virtue podcast. Christian thinking about technology and the church. And the church. And the church. Boom. Episode two. Boom. Let's do it again soon. We will. Hey, let's keep the conversation going. I think it's an argument. Okay. Tweet to us at Device Virtue. And for links and show notes, check us out at deviceandvirtue.com. And do leave us some love by rating us on iTunes. Yeah, please do. This episode was brought to you in part by the Compelled Podcast which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.